0: Hey everybody, James Coe here from The Athletic and DirecTV's Fantasy Zone. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast.
1: You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast. It is Tuesday, the 19th of February. Pumped for this one like a double session at the gym with DK Metcalf. Should be a good episode. A couple of guests alongside us today, of course, joined by Lee Wakefield as ever. But today's guest as well, another friend of the podcast, Richard King, uh, joins us. Chaps, welcome you in. How, what, have you, what have you been up to the last couple of days? Lee, we'll start with you. I've uh, basically
2: just been stuck on trains and buses. Uh, On my way to work and way back, um, the Brighton main line is, for a better word, uh, at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so I've just been travelling back and forth between work, not really getting much downtime, to be honest. (laughs) So this
1: is a welcome break. 31 seconds into the podcast and I've already got to go in it here, that's great. <laughs> that's what, what National Rail do to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, hashtag London life. Um, Richard, yeah. how about you? It's been a while since we've spoken to you and I know we're, we're going to get you on in the next couple of weeks to talk a bit more fancy stuff uh, with draft and, and all the rest of it, but what, what, have, you, what have you been doing recently? Uh,
3: well, unfortunately it sounds really boring, but I'm an accountant, so you know there's this whole like end of a year thing that happened, which is just really sucky, which means I'm really busy.
1: Yeah, nice. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, t- yeah, I mean, I didn't really do much for the weekend apart from. So, I, for anyone that doesn't know, um, I play a bit of American football. Had a bit of a training session with Dunfermline and Kings on, on Sunday and played a bit of running back which is a bit weird played out of a, a two running back formations and did a bit of enlightened uh, play action and that kind of stuff so to get reps at running back was actually quite uh, quite interesting for someone my size i'm I'm five foot seven on a, on a good day and uh, you know what just under a shade under 11 stone. so not your typical uh, combine running back work kind of guy but um, yeah it was quite interesting <laughs> didn't qu- quite enjoy it as much as I thought it was gonna so it's it's, it's better now but yeah quite, it was quite interesting playing at uh, running back. So yeah, there we go, that was my weekend. Um, yeah, okay, on today's show we have lots of stuff to actually get through, an action-packed show. A um, bit of news to, to start off with, uh, and we're going to talk about obviously the Colin Kaepernick stuff has, has kind of all come to a head a little bit so we're going to kind of run the rule over that just to just to give you all a bit of a all the listeners out there a bit of an idea of what's going on over the next week or so just put it out on twitter that from monday you're going to have a podcast every weekday for the next 10 days so that's going to be good stuff next tuesday's podcast is all going to be free agency and franchise franchise tag stuff because obviously today is a bit of this it's the tag and period obviously starts today uh, so that's all cool. Don't obviously don't don't forget to get involved with our competition in association with uh, Claire de Bear that runs out on Friday. Head over to our Twitter at Full Ten Yards where you can find out all that information. Um, and judging on our, our, our conversation last week, uh, Lee obviously about our biscuits and got quite a good bit of uh, good bit of engagement. So every every week we're gonna we're gonna have a new little segment called Put the Mockers out uh, Put the Mockers on it. Uh, which we will just do a random number one overall mock draft, maybe a three-rounder on random different subjects. Uh, I won't divulge what today's subject is. Uh, it's Tuesday, so of course we have the full 10, yards, uh, full 10 questions. Uh, and today we have Paul Mitchell from the NFL Scotland podcast. Um, and then the main bulk of the podcast, yeah, there's still more to come, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, what we've learned in 2018 and what to remember going into 2019 season. So we all have a few little nuggets of gold there for everyone to take away, and then say so then it will be the quiz, and then we're going to end up with a bit of Antonio Brown kind of landing spots discussion. Obviously, this, he's been in the news quite a lot. Um, I'm I'm not too sure he's far away from checking himself into a mental facility, but we shall see. Okay. So that's uh, everything that's up on the podcast. It should be a good one. So. Let's start with the news then. A um, couple of small bits. Charles Clay uh, signs up with the cars, former Buffalo Bills at tight end there. Uh, that was quite a quick uh, release and re-sign there for him. And also, get want to get your thoughts on this one, guys. Uh, Kyler Murray says he might might not throw at the combine. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but Kyler Murray is turning into someone that I'm really starting to hate.
3: I'd actually... <clears throat> I think not throwing at the combine is not actually awful because... Uh, I think you're much better to show what you can do on your pro day with receivers that you're comfortable with. Yeah, that's like that's a huge thing because if if you're not sure, like if you're actually like the best passer in in the class, which he may well have doubts over that, um, then you know ultimately wait for your pro day, throw receivers that you like, and then people think that you're better than you are. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh sorry, content. No, no. I was going to say, well, yeah, that's fine. But then when you go to a new team, it's just like, well, you're not going to get your buddies from your from your local grassroots, and yeah, they're not going to come and join you. You have got to throw to new guys as well. I, I get the, the point where you want you need to look as good as possible to be picked up as high and get more money. But I just don't like the the aura, on the kind of persona that he that he's bringing, Lee. What what's your thoughts? So I
2: would agree with Rich, sort of in isolation. If you know his sort of pre draft process had been like a normal uh, quarterback. But as we both said, like Kyler Murray's PR since he's sort of finished the season at Oklahoma and back in the last year, it's been horrendous. obviously he's got to pick himself up from that. So I think he should be doing everything possible to showcase himself in front of these teams. And that would include throwing. Um, yeah, like I say, you know, normally it doesn't really matter too much. Um but I think for Kyler Murray it does and I'm like you Tim, I'm just really turned off by him at the moment. I'm, Kind of like begrudgingly uh, going to say that he's going to go in the first round, but given it if it was a normal quarterback like last year, even like a kind of average one, he'd be nowhere near it for
1: me. Yeah, I mean he's got he's like he's a, he's got the personality and, a, and like a face you just want to punch already, and <laughs> like I just I just can't see myself getting on with him. He, you know, like you just get those people that you want to root against for, which yeah, you know, it's not nice as a human being to root against someone else, but uh, to, to not do well. I'm not, I'm not saying I want him to break his leg or anything, but I mean it's not far off from that. But yeah, it's not—it's not nice to to want people to fail. And but he's just not helping himself, and yeah, I'm not just—I'm just not for it. So I'm never gonna own him ever in fantasy, ever, ever, ever. So um, even if even if before the season started and someone said to me that said, "Oh, I've been to the future," I've been to the future, and if you select Kyler Murray, you'll you'll win your your league. Then I, I don't know—I still don't know if I'd be able to to have him on my team. But we we shall see. I mean, that's never going to happen. But there we go. Um, moving swiftly on, uh, I've got a lot of anger today. Um, but well, yeah, there we go. I'm Co- feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, talking of anger, Colin Kaepernick obviously had a lot of anger against the league over the last uh, lot well, over well over a year now. Uh, his year-long grievances against the, the lack of employment, I suppose, due to his uh, activity as an activist. That's terrible English, but there we go. Uh, his crusade uh, for equality to strive for equality uh, kind of come to a head. He's been, had set, made. A, Found a, a settlement with the NFL. Been, been, essentially, been paid a lot of money. Um, but you know, the, his lawyers coming out saying the resolution of this matter is subject to a confidentiality agreement. So there will be no further comment by any party. So, Lee, I'll, I'll come to you first. Is this essentially just the NFL saying, "Yeah, we we tried to force you out. We've colluded, and you know, here's 80 odd million or however however much it was, uh, and you, you can't tell anyone about it." And you're all going to go away now. and You're still not going to play a snap in the NFL uh, from from this point forward, and you know essentially we we still win.
2: Well, they're just throwing the money at the problem to make it go away, aren't they? Essentially. Um, but like I said, you know, is he is he going to play? Because obviously, the lawyer for Kaepernick came out and said that he might sign for the Panthers pretty soon. So I don't know. Um, which I I have a problem with, like as a as an act after settling anyway, because it's kind of like, social injustice haven't gone away, um, you know, just because he's settled, it's, if anything, it's getting worse, so it kind of makes him, like a bit of a sellout, if that happens, to be honest with you, but yeah, like I said, the, the, the bottom line is, like any settlement out of court, is they're just paying money, to, throw it, um, to for it to go away, and for it not to really surface again. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, Richard, I suppose, like obviously paying the money short, is a bit of an ambition of guilt, from the NFL side, but you know, it's not just him that's, that's campaigned for this. You know, obviously you've got Eric Reid. You know you've got other people there that have, have kind of joined his movement, and probably obviously won't be getting eight, have the, the sums of money that Colin Kaepernick has been getting. You know what, what's kind of the fallout here? Where is it as, as easy as just saying it's all gone away now, or are we still going to get further rumblings?
3: I think you'll still get further rumblings. I mean, uh, f- for me, I think actually the reason why this probably got settled was because uh, the NFL probably just want to get rid of it, and it. Having having the lawsuit joint between Colin Kaepernick and uh, Eric Reed, it was significantly weakened when Eric Reed um, signed his new deal with the Panthers. Yeah. You can't really say that it's collusion when you have just signed a three year deal. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it was kind of like a bit of a bit of both of those things really that that meant that it gets signed. Mm. Um, but I don't think this is going to go away until we hear of Colin Kaepernick um, training with teams. I mean, every single time you hear there's a quarterback injured, regardless of, you know, the profile of the player that went down, everyone's like, well, why is Colin Kaepernick not getting worked out? And and (laughs) until he gets a workout, it's just not going to go away, is it? No.
1: The
2: problem problem is, can he even still play? He's had such a time on the sideline, and does he want to play? You know, just like I said, isn't going away. How much does he actually want to play?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Every single time someone goes down, I keep saying it on Twitter. Like, oh, why is Colin Kaepernick not getting? And I always say, well, you, we're not in full charge of all the facts. We have no idea mm. of of what it will take for him to get off a couch. So let's th- this, this imagine. Let's this imagine that you know it's going to cost fifteen million for Colin Kaepernick. Just like I, I'm just throwing out as as, oh, as a a like that. So if if you know that you're just looking for like a short term kind of like couple of months or or whatever. Are you gonna are you gonna pay someone like a fifteen million salary for that when you're not even a hundred percent sure you can play? Yeah,
1: yeah, and obviously there was that report out that uh, someone put out a phony report saying that he wanted twenty million to play uh, in the AAF, which was um, you know, turned out to be a lot of baloney. But there we go, and um, they just don't have. you know, that's just I don't even know how people started to believe that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, this is the this is the off season. Yeah, you, know? you look you look at the free agency. And the, the guys that are going to be traded, yeah, you know, and we'll come to that in more in depth next week. But Colin Kaepernick should, you know, regardless of whether he, he can play or not, if he's not going to get anything this year or this off season, he he has not no chance in, in hell going uh, after this season.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Cause if if you're out of the league, especially as a quarterback, it's very difficult then just to just plug in and and come in. And I think it, the other, the other thing is quarterback is such a position that teams end up become so committed to a quarterback when they might not even necessarily think he's the answer. Mm. Like, if you look at uh, the Giants and Eli Manning, like, they're essentially tied into him just for his cap number. Um, so it's 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 weird. It's not as straightforward as any other position in, in the game where you can just say, oh, he's not performing. They can cut him and move on. And it's not that much dead cap. I mean, if you... Like, it, you're looking, looking at how much room is... Um, Tied up in that quarterback room in Denver, with Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, <laughs> you, you, you know, really, you can't uh, as a team commit that much money to your quarterback room when only one player can start.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a scary thought, isn't it? Aaron Rodgers uh, takes up less salary cap than Joe Flacco and Case Keenum put together. I mean, what a world, what a world we live in? Um, yeah, but say without without digging too deep into it, and making a whole calling cabinet podcast. Is, is there anything, any other big? Things coming out of this this story that anyone wants to talk about?
2: No, I'm good. no, yeah, no I'm I'm pretty pretty done with Catholic to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. being general. Like I've heard it like Rich said, just kind of like being brought up on social media every
1: single time there's any sort of quarterback news. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it does go, it does get a bit boring, doesn't it? Get a bit boring. Okay, I'll tell you something that doesn't get boring, that's game consoles, and today's Put the Mockers on it is games consoles. So we have a little round table on uh, what our favourite game consoles are and our games as well. So uh, Lee, we'll start off with you. What, what, if you had uh, your number one overall pick in games consoles, what would it be? So, you know, we were
2: talking about this just before we came on, I'm not going to get involved with what you two are going to fight over. Um, I was always a PlayStation person, still am to a certain degree. So, when I was a kid, it was like PS2, PS1, even. Uh, yeah, I've sort of grown up with them. So, you know, just go for the nostalgia. I'll go for a PS2.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation. Um, yeah, Rich, we move. PlayStation's a funny one because I was one of the people that kind of went from PS1 to Xbox 360 to then, I, I can't remember the, the actual. I think I then went back to PlayStation, then to Xbox One. Uh, Xbox one uh, yeah, so I've differed, uh both both sides. But for me, and I know Richard agrees with me, the, the number one console in the whole universe ever it has to be the N64, Rich.
3: Yeah, so um, when you first mentioned this to me, I, I didn't know if it was games or games console uh, or combined. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you said it was games consoles, for me it was N64, there's no doubt, because, yeah. you know you've got GoldenEye or Mario Kart, yeah. both N64 classics. And yeah. so if you say anything else, it's just, well, it's just plainly incorrect. Yeah, yes.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh, my God. If we, if we think that dark chocolate versus milk chocolate calls some controversy on Twitter, this is going to cause
3: controversy on Twitter. I don't think, I don't think it is because you, you see the, it like, it's, you know, if you drop an apple, what happens to it? It falls down, right? It's it's just the correct answer. <laughs>
1: Oh, not with,
2: that, not with that weird controller
1: way. Hold it in the middle. I'll get yeah. The, the the um the controllers were weird, weren't they? Yeah. No, I'll give you that. But yeah, N sixty four hands down best console ever. Just led the way for everything that you that you get today. You know, games like if you say. If if you had to choose, Rich, between Mario Kart or, or GoldenEye, which one are you going for? Because they're my top two. Uh, well.
3: GoldenEye uh split screen with your friends. Uh, you know, yeah, where you can like cheat by looking on their screen <laughs> to see where
1: they are. You know. <laughs> Did you? Uh, what was your What was your favourite level?
3: I, I enjoyed them all really. I mean, it's just uh, I I just love the game.
1: Mm. Yeah, do for facility, really have
3: a favourite like oh. just put me in any any level and I'll just enjoy
1: it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much a facility uh, facility level guy. Started getting up in the old uh, shoots up the top there. But anyway, we di- we digress. The other other games that I like as well, Lilith Wars uh, was a was a was a firm favourite. Lost many hours of my life on on Lilith Wars. But there we go. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Let us know what you think out there. Uh, full 10 yards army at full 10 yards on Twitter. And by the way, you can get Richard, uh, as you know, on Twitter at richkingff if you want to swing some some knowledge his way. I'm sure he will appreciate that. But let's move on then. So, you know, the, po- the point of this podcast was to talk about things that we learned in 2018 and 2019. So I suppose, Richard, as you're, as you're the guest, uh, do you want to kick us off?
3: Um yeah so I guess one one thing is that early season form can be easily changed. I mean if you look at the Texans the start to the season was absolutely atrocious but they ended up in the playoffs. So don't count out a team you know early on in the season unless they're the Buffalo Bills. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, obviously the both of the teams there from the AFC South, the Texans and, and the Colts were one and three, weren't they? I think and and, and made the playoffs. I think uh, the Colts were one and five at one point, weren't they, or something stupid? Uh, yeah, I think
2: so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. five, two yeah. and six, don't do that. And I tell you what, the, what, what the so some some commentators like to do on like Fox or CBS is when a team does go like one and five, they always love to put the percentage out of the, the, of the teams that then make the playoffs. Is like oh five percent or ten percent and that kind of stuff. That's really yeah. that's really annoying. it has it has it bears no resemblance on that team's chances to get the playoffs. It just gives you you know, useless information about previous teams. It's just anyway. That's just me and my Anglefield Tuesday. Um <laughs> Lee, do you wanna do you want what have you got? Yes, so my first
2: one is uh, in twenty eighteen big trades for known commodities really mattered. And um, obviously we saw in the off season the Bears made the big trade to um, to get Cleo Mack and effectively vaulted the Bears from being worst to first in the and no, sorry, the NFC. Not um, obviously it's not as simple as that. Obviously the Bears have got other good players and Aaron Rodgers' injury helps as well. But um, yeah, adding one of the best players in the league at uh, most key position almost um yeah, it was a huge boost for anyone and we also saw the randles this the support for making big moves for veterans as well so yeah i think um i'll come on to this in a later section a big trade to make a big difference to someone uh but yeah i thought that was a big thing if you're willing to sort of make a move and, and make a difference to your team uh, can, can make you go far.
1: yeah i mean there's plenty of examples isn't there um one, one thing i learned in 2018 it's more about myself rather than so much than um uh, maybe most other people but you know You've got plenty of backfields now where they, they commission two running backs and they're still both viable to you know fantasy options. Obviously, everyone knows about the ones in New Orleans. But, you know, Austin Eckler uh, came to the fore last, last season and he's I think he's he's the next kind of James White. He's uh, Theo Riddick 2.0 in, in PPR leagues. And, you know, you've got people like Tariq Cohen as well. I, th- I think what you're going to start to see... Uh, and so this is partly to, things to remember into 2019 as well, I think the, you know, the, the the second pieces there in backfields are going to go a lot higher than what they used to be. Uh, James White was obviously usually the exception to the rule, and this obviously is magnified in, in, in PPR, but I think you're going to start to see that people are not going to be scared in fantasy to, to take second running backs uh, in, in backfields. Yeah, that's a good one,
3: fire that. Mm it's actually um yeah i mean <laughs> interesting enough when I, I looked at this probably must have been about a year ago so i might i might write something that kind of updates it but when i first looked at it if you switch from standard to ppr most people think actually what happens is wide receivers end up being quite valuable mm. um but we actually see as you see an elite here that become valuable because they get more receptions yeah. and um, some wide receiver options uh definitely gaining value so like a Larry Fitzgerald or uh, Julian Edelman, but actually the the group that actually gets most benefit is actually that second tier of um, running backs, Uh, the the third down options like Duke Johnson and James White. Uh, That that kind of player actually sees the most amount of value. Mm. So that's something to bear in mind if you are moving from standard to PPR is you can happily pick up that second running back.
1: Option. Yeah, yeah. because a subset of that on on the bullet points I've got here is, you know, the league, I'm I'm starting to feel the league's becoming a bit more dink and dunk. There's not really, apart from Patrick Mahomes and maybe a couple of other teams, there's not really a lot of teams that like, you know, know, will always go to stretching the field on, on, you know, a higher percentage of their plays. Quite a lot of teams now are employing the bits over the middle or the short routes to extend plays and, and have longer drive. You don't really see, you know, when you've got Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill on a team, you, you know, you, you're you of course going to exploit that. But a lot of teams now, I, I don't know if it's because of the the ageing quarterback population of, of Breeze, Rogers, Brady uh, and all the rest of them, but they're not they're not inclined to go as deep as, as they used to. I mean, I, I could have um, delved a bit deeper and, and looked at average average um, yards per play kind of stats over the last couple of years. I might, I might do that and, and report back for for next week's podcast. But I don't know, Richard, your, your opinion on that at all? My gut feeling is actually that
3: you see more RPOs, <clears throat> yeah. And
1: mm-hmm.
3: for an RPO to work, you can't really go deep deep with that um, the pass, yeah, because you haven't got a lot of time. Because essentially, you're you're looking for a split second uh, gap, aren't you? So you can't really hoink it downfield yeah. if you've just got a split second to make your throw. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think well, what, what probably also ties into that is obviously you know it's all. Quite a lot of time you hear about you know formations for offense, you know creating mismatches. Usually those mismatches can only be exploited for a, you know a small time time window. You know you're not going to get big mismatches where it's going to be deep down the field because the defenders are too the corners are going to be too good so that they can kind of make the ground back up or at least get their hand in there. You know the the exploitation of of you know, mismatches are going to be your people like Edelman on on slot corners or you know it's usually in the slot and you see a lot now, especially in PBR as well, slot. Uh, slot wide receivers is kind of the way to go I think going forward um, again yeah I, th- I think they're just a few little nuggets there that yeah just the, the landscape is maybe just changing a, t- a tiny bit and obviously the help there dunking and, and, and dumping off to, to the pass catching running backs uh, is part of that as well okay cool uh, Richard what else you got? So, circle background. round okay no worries <laughs> uh, Lee, Lee anything from you?
2: yeah so uh, obviously it wouldn't, wouldn't be wouldn't be me if I didn't bring up a defensive based uh, storyline uh, so if you can get a special interior pass rusher, it makes a huge difference to the team. Obviously, we saw Aaron Donald get over 20 sacks uh, as, a, as a defensive tackle. Chris Jones got 15.5 from a 5 tech and a 3-4 from Fletcher Cox, Jeremy Reed, Juno all got 10 sacks or more. These guys in the, in the middle, these big guys, making a huge difference. Um, we're going to see a lot of uh, defensive tackles get drafted early in uh, in April, and it's as teams continue to search that pocket crusher through the middle, uh, they they go up and up in value, especially when the guys are getting so much production.
1: Yeah, no, no, certainly, um, yeah. You don't really hear the uh, the interior guys get get um, mentioned as much. It's always the, the 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 glitzy glamours of the of the defensive ends that usually get the get the famousness and um, get all the. Yeah, the accolades and that kind of stuff. So yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And see, so you saw a couple of others there, wasn't it? Was it, is it Chris Jones is the other one for, and was it D yeah, Ford for, for, the, for, the, for the Chiefs, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they get the edge rushers get the money as well. You've got players, uh, and obviously I'm going to go off from a bit of drafting at the moment. So you have got players like Rashawn Gary, who uh, people will know from the All or Nothing Michigan documentary on Amazon. Um, he, I think, he's a better inside player, but he wants to get paid to wants to on the outside. I think you'll see that balance sort of kind of redress um, in the next few years as you see difference makes on the inside as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, don't mind that. Okay, uh, Richard.
3: Sorry, I couldn't read my, my handwriting before. So my, what what I actually written was um, Zeke can actually catch the ball, uh, which is going to make him well in well in for a consideration for top pick mm. in fantasy, I think, mm. next year, especially in PPR.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, And actually, that elite group of running backs is probably growing.
1: Um,
3: I think some of that is with, you know, there's obviously question marks around Gurley with um, C.G. Anderson being so heavily involved in the playoffs. But I think you also see in the emergence of some some guys, you know, being more familiar in their system. So Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, these are all guys that are probably in that kind of like top tier. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I certainly agree. So, so you, You're certainly seeing drafts coming in, in into 2019. It's probably a good segue, actually, going into stuff to remember for 2019. The, you know, that, that, those top six picks are, pr- are pretty much all going to be running backs, aren't they? You've got Zeke Gurley, um, McCaffrey, Gordon, Kamara and and Barkley, aren't you? So you'd be very surprised if you know, there'd be some leagues, maybe where you know John Drew Hopkins or Devontae Adams goes like before. But I'd be very surprised to see any... Any drafts where top six aren't all uh, running backs. So yeah.
3: No. Yeah, I mean, I was actually, <clears throat> I was actually having this discussion with someone on Twitter. I think it might have been Ben Ben Rolf uh, on when when you could, when you think the first wide receiver will come off the board. Mm. Mm. Like, uh, I'm asking you guys. Like, oh, where, okay. where do you think you see the first first wide receiver come off the board next uh,
1: year? I think I think pick seven, quite quite easy.
2: Seven or
3: eight, yeah, yeah, I was, I was seven or eight.
1: Because the thing is, once you get once you get to pick seven, eight, and even nine, because an, another guy that I, I mean, I really high, on, I've been really high on Joe Mixon for the last couple of years, um, but I know he's a kind of a tier below just because of the way the Bengals are in, oh, yeah, the kind of state they're in, they're not a high scoring offense. But uh, yeah, once you get to seven or eight, you know, you've got six, you've got six running backs there that have come off the board, so you're either you're choosing between the second tier of running backs or the first tier of wide receivers um and say when you when in, in 10 team leagues or maybe even 12 if you're picking a, an elite wide receiver at seven or eight you can still get the second tier of running backs on the way back round you can probably still pick up a Joe mixon or you know david johnson or, or or you know some of some of the other guys there on the way back round and you know it doesn't take much for them to take a leap to to be a top six running back come the end of season so i don't see why you wouldn't want to take a, a you know elite wide receiver you know if you're taking so you, say you take Joe Mixon at seven or eight or, or what have you, and then when you come back round, you, you're just then picking between probably the second tier of wide receivers and the second tier of, of running back still. So you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage.
3: Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I think what you might see it, from teams in the later part of, um, of drafts is you might end up seeing them do, go into what I would call an accidental zero RB strategy. Yeah. Um, where... They're not wanting to not select a running back, but if you could have, I mean, realistically, if you were at the back end of a draft, you could have Julio Jones and Hopkins. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, and so-, so, you,
3: so, so you end up, you know, after two rounds, you've gone accidental zero RB because just because of the value that was on the board, you've gone to, you know, elite wide receivers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and then come right well, end of the third round end of the third round fourth fourth round there's still a few people there that you could probably pick up that could still have uh, have decent seasons now, people like I know Kieran Johnson Sonny Michel um Marlon Max another one who could have a decent season might go undervalued um and yeah don't
3: no. don't forget about Jared uh, McKinnon with the 49ers Jeremy. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah
3: cuz you know this time last season everyone was thinking of him as a as a third round pick no brainer mm. Mm. Uh, now I know he blew his ACL, but that's that wasn't anything to do with the workload that he you, you know that he couldn't take the workload. That was just a freak injury in training.
0: Yeah.
3: So don't sleep on him because I think you you can pick him up. I think when I saw it early ADP was fourth or fifth round. Mm. So if you can get someone that everyone was considering would be, a th- I know you've got the injury risk, but you've got that with Philip Lindsay. You've got that with uh, Dalvin Cook. I think you know the risk is more baked into his price than it is with the other two
1: yeah no absolutely um and say so that yeah it's a pretty good segue into 2019 stuff to remember i mean one thing for me that absolutely stands out is people are going to go crazy for the top three tight ends next season i mean to the point where i could see three tight ends going in the seconds you know up to the early third third round in, in leagues um you yeah, know you've got george kill you've got zach hurts and travis kelsey I mean, apart from that, you know, we know, we know what, how bad a position, tight end's uh, position is. If you picked up Jared Cook or Eric Ebron last year, you probably got away with it. But uh, I, know, I know you've got pieces like Hunter Henry, OJ Howard and, and David Njoku and all the rest of it who should should perform better than they did last season. Um, but I think the, the the prize of those three tight ends, I think once the first one goes, I think the other two are going to follow quite quickly. What do you reckon, Lee? Yeah, my next one was actually
2: about tight ends. <laughs> it was actually my, my storyline you kind of thought for me there. Because, of it, like you said, there is like a lot of tight end talent now in the in the league as a whole, and obviously George Kittle. Um, especially, I think for a, a guy that kind of burst onto the scene, you know, twelve, fifteen months ago, um, and really brought up to the fore. And then I think yeah, through the draft we're going to get another bunch of great tight ends. So yeah, the tight end position from being a bit of a dumpster fire um, last year or two, you know, apart from the top, you know, top echelon. Uh, it's going to be real, real uh, deep position now. I think so. Yeah, I think Titans going to make it a bit of
3: resurgence. Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, Richard, any thoughts on tight end? Uh,
3: I've I've got into tight end discussion quite a lot with the guys at uh, Five Yard Rush, mm. um, and I, I, I say the same thing that I said to them, which is I think what you what you're actually seeing is you're actually seeing almost like a split of the tight end position. Yeah. So you're getting. You know the elite three that we talk about, so Ertz, Kelsey, and Kittle. They're not really tight ends in the true sense of the word. They're yeah. tight end in uh, in name, not yeah. in nature. Yeah. So the amount of routes that they run I mean they should really they're really more of a wide receiver that plays that's at the tight end position. Mm. Whereas you'll see players like OJ Howard. He is kind of he's that kind of dual uh, tight end. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think what you 'll see in fantasy drafts is everyone will kind of look at each other in the eyes and hope that no one selects the first one as soon as the first one goes, then the other two will go pretty quick yeah. because after that you are as you say you know, you might as well just punt the position at that point yeah
1: no absolutely it 's going to be fascinating as well because you know if if you put it to me you know you 're wasting it not wasting you're you 're investing a second round pick there in a tie ten so you know if you 're if you're in the back of the first round. Yeah, by the time it gets to you in in the third, you know, end of the third and and start the fourth, you could. I know you've got an advantage at the at the tight end position there, but you could have something like I don't know, you know Joe Mixon and Travis Kelsey, but then you know you, the wide receivers you're then starting to, to choose from have all got question marks, and I know, I know you're going to be doing that in the third, you know, back of the third, fourth round anyway. But you know, it's it's going to be fascinating to see what you know people's opinions on the, the risk-reward on taking a tight end uh, where you have to for those top three? Because, like I say, if you if you pick uh, someone a bit later, it's always going to be a bit part of luck. I mean, look at Trey Burton last year. Everyone taking him quite high. I was quite high on him last season as well, and it didn't, it didn't pan out. And, you know, people like Eric Ebron aren't going to come around every season. No, not at all.
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those things, isn't it, where it splits everyone again. I think we talked at the end of the season about... Um, in fantasy, I've always seen people overdraft Rob Gronkowski. Uh, up to that, that'll, that'll come to an end, and it'll move on to these three. But I just say, I've never been someone who drafted a tight end uh, or targets to the top tight end. Just kind of get by with someone, you know, who's who's going to have like a decent season, but not going to blow the, the wheel off.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I mean, but I think I think yeah, you know, coming up to this season, the gap between you know the top three tight ends or the top four tight ends to all the rest of them was absolutely humongous, wasn't it? Um, so, you know, so if you if you had to choose rich between, you know, Travis Kelsey in the second or you know Hunter Henry in, I don't know, fifth or sixth round, who who are you punting for?
3: Uh, we're in the second, are we talking? <clears throat> uh,
1: we we're, Early go, we're, second going, we're or? just go, we're going mid, mid second.
3: Um I'm probably going to take I'm probably going to take Travis Kelsey. They've hmm. been, you know, on right now. Um reason being, I think what you're actually selecting Travis Kelsey, you're actually selecting like someone who can finish as a wide receiver to, Ten yeah. in the season, yeah. but you're doing that at a position where you have an advantage. So I think the tra- Travis Kelsey for me is, I would almost put him in his own tier.
2: Yeah.
3: I would say he's the like true true elite, and then you've got the two that are kind of you know following. They're not far behind, but I'd, I'd kind of separate Kelsey a little bit. Mm.
1: Yeah, Kittle Kittle's an interesting one this season. Um I had a chat with some of my friends about George Kittle and I can see scenarios where he actually busts. I mean he's too talented not to. Um but it'd be interesting to see what pieces they add there and Carl Shanahan say Joe McKinnon's coming back as well. If they uh they now nab- Antonio Brown and we'll talk about him a bit later on in the podcast, you I mean you could quite easily see a scenario that, that George Kittle doesn't doesn't repeat obviously what he did last season, which was obviously really, really good really good production um but yeah just be interesting to see how if if any any fingers get burnt there with with george kittles so because uh, he he listen listen time make bones about it he's going to go at, at the very latest mid-third if not early third uh, back of the second so it all depends on when that when that first one goes um okay uh lee what anything else for 2019 no no nothing for me now. nothing for me rich uh no, no? okay so i've got a couple of extra points then so uh, I think one thing we need to remember uh, going into 2019 is the historical uh, struggle that Matt Ryan has had. Any time he's had a new offensive coordinator. Now I know Dirk has um, coming over, and you know that's, he's not the worst. Uh, not the worst uh, appointment that they could have made, but obviously under Kyle Shanahan and Steve Sarkisian, the first year Matt Ryan has always struggled. So Matt Ryan, obviously having one of his nearly his, as good as his MVP year uh, last season, just to be a bit wary of of, of that. Obviously, um, you know history goes to suggest his, his last couple of changes at OC he's not not had a good uh, bed and in period there for that year. So uh, I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, I'm no, never
2: never been. There huge Matt Ryan fans, to be honest with you, kind of up and down, I think we talked about it before, not we, about his kind of struggles, like you say, with the first year, and then kind of goes up and then they, they chuck him out because they don't win anything, and then,
1: yeah,
2: so, yeah, definitely buyer beware on that one.
1: Okay, and then the other one, the other one I had was just about Big Ben, so obviously all the turmoil there in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if Big Ben is a is a is a decent QB for fantasy purposes uh, next season. Now I know he's still got Juju. I know he's still got the running backs to dump off to and some decent tight ends. But I could really see Big Ben, you know, had the most passing yards last year, didn't he? But. Going into 2019, I think he could actually fall off a cliff next season. And you know, he's always diced with retirement and just being a bit of a prima donna. But with with no Bell, with no Antonio Brown, although you know he could still return to Pittsburgh. He still has a three-year contract for quite a loud. But um, yeah, just just a bit wary on on Big Ben. Just I've just got a little asterisk against his name. I don't draft him, but um, yeah, Big Ben could be could be a, a candidate for you know just a cliff dive next season.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it could be, you know, like you say, if he has a bad season, if Pittsburgh have a bad season raw, which is a distinct possibility for me, mm. uh, he could just retire and leave him in the lurch a little bit. And Pittsburgh will look for the next quarterback. So, yeah, definitely a candidate for dropping off the cliff.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, don't forget, we will cover that uh, in our team reviews next week. I think AFC will be next week as well. So, yeah, we get some some opinions there on Pittsburgh. See, there's always a good team uh, to talk about. But that's gonna wrap us up for 2018, twenty nineteen uh, kind of review things we've learned, things to take forward into next year. So it's time for a quiz. It's at the full ten questions. OK, everyone's favourite segment of the podcast it is, of course, the full 10 questions. And today's contestant is Paul Mitchell, a sports commentator and broadcaster, a Saints fan. So perhaps we won't be talking about that one too much. Uh, but it's, of course, the other half to previous podcast guest, Cameron Hobbs, who's currently in, in the middle of being franchised, tagged by the NFL Scotland uh, podcast, Paul.
0: Oh, he's valuable to us. I mean, he does everything. He writes, he broadcasts gas he does all the technical stuff we can't afford to let him go uh there is a rumor that he might sit out the season if he doesn't get what he wants but <laughs> we'll try and make sure he's that he gets everything that he needs to to stay involved
1: it's all about it's all, all about keeping your, your family happy eh?
0: <laughs> absolutely and uh he's a 49ers fan as well so it can be a bit needy that way
1: yeah, yeah absolutely and to say we uh, we talking off off air there that uh he's, he's kind of fed you to the wolves a little bit in terms of uh quizzing he's usually the guy that, that takes care of that
0: yeah he's, he's pretty good he's got a much more wider knowledge of things what i find is is when i work it's just it's the way i am i do my research i have My notes and I go from there. Uh, People will often say to me, Do you remember such and such from Latin? It's like, "Mm, Well, I might. It did the game, but to be honest, it all sort of merges into one at times. So mm-hmm. I can go for it. Yeah. See, see what happens.
1: That's it. That's it. So the, uh, the 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 target to beat is eight out of ten. Quite a, a cluster at, at the top there of the leaderboard. So hopefully the the questions uh, fare you fare you very well indeed. But just uh, obviously to mention your podcasts, um, yeah, obviously going from strength to strength at, at Scotland NFL. If anyone isn't aware of that, way yeah, lots of good chatter and uh, very very much Scottish themed uh, NFL takes.
0: Yeah, you know what it's like, you've, you've got to try and find something a little bit different So we've gone with that Scottish theme, you know You'll have had your porridge award as the MVP mm-hmm. We have the wonderful Scottish award, which can be just about anything It can be glorious failure, it can be success that you don't deserve You know, us Scots, we've got su- such a wide range of things So we'd love to get nominations for that, just mm-hmm. to see what people make of it
1: Yeah, absolutely, if you want to get in touch with Paul Mitchell uh, on Twitter It's at PWMcoms um, so, without further ado, Paul, uh, I suppose we, we, shall, we should get to it. Would you like, uh, I've got two sets of questions. Would you like A or B? <laughs> Whichever one's easiest. <laughs> uh, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take B. Okay, he's going to take B. Okay, everyone out there, all the listeners should know 10 questions, no time limit, uh, and we will go through all the answers at the end. Best of luck to you, Paul. Question one uh, Lincoln Financial Field is the home of which NFL team? Philadelphia Eagles. Who is the current head coach of the Detroit Lions?
0: That's Matt Patricia, man with a beard.
1: (laughs) And a pencil. Um, Question three. What number does Julio Jones wear?
0: Well, he was on my fantasy team, so I should know that. I think it's 11.
1: Okay, question four. Which player did the Oakland Raiders select in the first round of the 2018 draft?
0: That's a good question because he's probably not still there because they'll have bumped him to somewhere else because he's better. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good one. Uh, um, I mean, Khalil Mack's been around uh, for, for quite a while, <laughs> um, so I, it's definitely not him. I mean, w- what a team they've been, you know, w- without him. I mean, that's just it's been it's been utterly ridiculous uh, to get rid of him. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm sure he's a big defensive guy. Um, uh, Miller. I'll go with Miller. I can't think of the first name.
1: OK. Which player caught the uh, the pass named the Philly Special in Super Bowl 52?
0: Uh, hopefully the quarterback, Nick Foles.
1: <laughs> How many yards does an illegal block in the back incur?
0: Oh, no, that's a cracking question. Um... Th- th- this will be an absolute guess. So you're looking at 5, to 10 or 15. Um, illegal block in the back. Uh, I'll go with 15 yards.
1: Okay. Which team in the NFC East has letters in their logo? Uh,
0: New York Giants. Okay.
1: Which player scored the most combined receiving and rushing touchdowns for Indianapolis in 2018?
0: Oh, great question. Um, Oh, they had two tight ends, didn't they? (sighs) Indianapolis Colts. Uh, wasn't Doyle. It's the other one. I'll pass on that.
1: (laughs) Okay, question nine. Which player had the nickname Sweetness?
0: Uh, Walter Payton, Chicago Bears.
1: OK, and finally, round this off, how many career receiving yards did Terrell Owens amass in his career within 1,000?
0: How many did he get or how many should he have had? They're the two <laughs> different questions, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Terrell Owens, uh, 2,500. Okay. Probably way too low on that. But well, well, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm still not over the whole for bowling scenes thing. So hey, anything I see is is, is coloured by by that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. OK, let's uh, let's run through the, the answers then and see how well you did. First up, uh, Lincoln Financial Field is, of course, Philadelphia Eagles. Matt Patricia is, of course, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Uh, Hilo Jones is number 11. It was Colton Miller uh, of the 2018 draft, but we'll give you that. to be feeling generous today on this uh, on this Tuesday evening. And Nick Foles was, of course, the, the guy catching the ball in Super Bowl 52. Um, illegal block in the back is 10 yards uh, For a penalty uh, So one out of three chance there Unfortunately misfired on that one uh, New York Giants is of course the NY there In their logo It was the other tight end It was Eric Ebron um, Who had over double digit touchdowns uh, This season uh, Good answer there Walter Payton of course was nicknamed sweetness And Terrell Owens uh, 15,934 15, So Fed say maybe a, a tiny bit out on that one But good effort nonetheless Paul 7 out of 10
0: you know what, I would have taken that before I came in. So, so no, I'm absolutely pleased. Well, that. That, That's the thing, when you think you know a name and you know the position, but you just can't, you know, you can't get there. And I mean, Ebron, you know, it's such a fantastic... Fantastic season for the Colts, but his name just wouldn't come.
1: No, no, that's it. I'll say yeah, before before we yeah, before we start recording, you you seemed a bit um, what's the words a bit, not not to, too sure of your chances. So yeah, seven out of ten, uh, not bad effort whatsoever. But uh, really really appreciate you coming on and uh, taking taking your knowledge to the
0: test absolutely no problem all the best to all you guys really enjoy the podcast so uh, keep going and the one thing is as you know the NFL always gives great storylines so there's always good things to talk about
1: yeah absolutely and I hope, uh, I hope for your sake that maybe the uh, Saints have a bit more of a fairy tale than maybe the last two seasons
0: well you know we, we had an event for the championship game uh, for NFL Scotland. We had about 80 guys along and girls at the, the golf tavern. Mm. And one thing I said beforehand was that doesn't matter what happens nothing can be worse than the way that the game <laughs> ended last year for the Saints um, I have never been so wrong in all my life
1: <laughs> yeah because it's kind of a be careful what you wish for kind of scenario isn't it yeah but the golf uh, tavern uh, I've obviously been a couple, along to, to one of those events there and anyone in the Scotland area should go and support the the golf tavern over there in Edinburgh uh, fantastic uh, events that you guys hold so yeah no doubt I'll be along and say hello again soon
0: look forward to it thanks, thanks for giving me the chance to take part today
1: Not a bad effort there from Paul. Seven out of ten. Uh, still waiting for that elusive nine or ten out of ten. Maybe we will get that next week. But before we close out the show, going to talk about obviously Antonio Brown. Uh, we said before before the quiz. Obviously uh, he might might come back to Pittsburgh, might not. But he spoke to to the to the owner today and seems to be moving on. And they've had discussions and they're going to be looking to trade. I mean he's still under contract for what is it two or three years now. So. It um, wouldn't actually surprise me if he re- re- returns up to to Pittsburgh come 2019. But we're just going to have a, li- a little kind of a ponder at all the, the potential landing spots for Antonio Brown. Uh, he said that he wants a lot of guaranteed money. Um, I'm, I'm actually quite concerned about Antonio Brown and his antics over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I, I said at the top of the show, he's not far away from checking himself into a mental institution or, or seeking some help or seeing a shrink or something, because something just doesn't seem right with Antonio Brown. He, he wants to be called Mr. Chest or you know, big Mr. Big Chest. I mean, who wants to be ever be called Mr. Big Chest? Um, I don't know. Wait, uh, some... I
3: mean, I mean, that's not the point that you should first of all bring up, really. You should bring <laughs> up the the, the moustache.
1: Oh well, yeah, no, well. Uh,
3: yeah. I, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, dude. It's not. It's not November. It's not time for questionable facial hair. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> it's, it's weird. He's just doing. He's just doing some weird things. At the moment. I'm not quite sure. He's. Uh, he's all there. But um, let's assume he is, and uh, let's assume that the Pittsburgh Steelers move him on. Uh, Richard, we'll stop with you. Where? Where? Give us. Give us one spot for Antonio Brown and the reasons why.
3: I'm not going to be boring and say 49ers because that's what everyone's saying. So I'm going to say Colts.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: they've nice got that. huge amount of cap space. So. Yeah, everyone's talking about one of the uh, the potential pitfalls of getting Antonio Brown is that you need to have a lot of cap. Uh, Colts going into next season have over 100 million in cap space, which is the most in the NFL. Yep. So, you know, 20 million. It's not much. And if you can put Brown one side of the field and Hilton on the other side of the field with Andrew Luck looking like he he's returning to health. That's, that's gonna be that's an interesting combination.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just before we go through through the other teams, actually, it's it's probably worth pointing now that the Chiefs. I think they want a first for him, and then they or, or you know, something around around that area. So, be, you know, all these teams that we're going through, they could probably have a slightly various a v- varied approach to to their trade offers. Now, we'll, we'll probably get to New England at some point, who would probably have to to offer more than maybe an NFC team, because you know Pittsburgh won't want to trade him to. Uh, a team that are a contender, but the thing is, I, I don't even see Pittsburgh as a contender anymore. So um, I'm not quite sure why they're trying to play that card. Um, but yeah, no, the Colts certainly, like I say, top in cat space. So they they it would it would complete their offense, wouldn't it? You've got T. Y. Hilton on the other side, uh, and the, the other thing as well, we need to kind of understand from Antonio point, Brown's point of view: Does he want to go to a contender, or does does he want to, does he want money? I know I know in the perfect world you want both, but. There's very few teams out there that are going to tick both of, the, of those boxes, and Indianapolis, I suppose, could be one that, that do. Um, the thing that worries me about Indianapolis is not really their style, is it? And they've still got a lot of uh, a lot of things, a lot of holes to cover on the, on that defense as well. So I just wonder whether or not they'd want to, they'd be willing to to part ways with a with a 2019 first or a 2020 first. Um, yeah, I mean, the bully, and it's, it's, as they're an AFC team as well, they may have to pay a bit more than than maybe the, the Pittsburgh Steelers want. Lee, what do, what do you reckon about Indianapolis? Uh,
2: it's kind of the obvious one, isn't it, given that they've got so much cap space. Uh, like you said, though, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's not really their, their forte or their, their style, uh, which I think does actually preclude them from doing it, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make a little comment, just um, on, like you say, Antonio Brown's mental state. Like, why is he acting like he's a free agent? It's really weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: like,
2: the, the Steelers aren't going to be bullied by this. They, they I wouldn't even be so shocked if you know, they they charge a really high price for him and
3: no one pays it and he just sits the season and they just say boop. Yeah. I actually think the really Steelers, yeah. no, I think the Steelers are, uh, I just think there's something wrong going in that locker room and I almost think they yeah. just need to press the reset button, so yeah. uh, you know, you saw the stuff that happened with Bell's locker and stuff after it, you know, he said he wasn't cool. coming back and a lot of that, I just, you know, with with how the Steelers have allowed Antonio Brown's attitude to develop over the years, as well, yeah, you've got to look. You've got to look at Mike Tomlin and just say, you took the easy decision a few too many times, and now you've you've got a ho- horrible decision to make.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird, one, well, isn't it? Mike Tomlin. Say, just reminiscent of uh, the Moscow State Circus, isn't it? It's just loads of random stuff going on uh, over there in Pittsburgh. So, like I say, they're always a fun team to talk about because uh, there's always. Uh, yeah, more ups and downs than the than the big dipper at Blackpool, but um, yeah, I mean so Indianapolis against, say, they're a contender. They can pay them the money, so they can certainly right for those boxes. It's just a case of whether, you know, it's, it's not really their ethos. So I'd be interested to see if they if they have a sniff around. Um, but what was it, one team, I will move on to the New England Patriots, um, who apparently were one of the more, more aggressive teams to try and get Odell Beckham Jr. Who him himself may, you know, according to rumours, might be on, might be available for for trade. And you know, yeah, the rumour mill is. Is awash with with loads of uh, loads of gains on at the moment, but New England. Let's look at it from from their perspective. They've got six uh, six picks inside the, the top 100. Yes, they probably have to pay more than than say the 49ers or maybe uh, some other teams would have to. But yeah, you know, I think the the, the 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 Patriots know that they they don't have that vertical that threat. You know, that over the last couple of years, they've tried to get Brandon Cooks, Josh Gordon. So they know that they haven't got any speed or all that vertical threat, and you know Tom Brady hasn't got a lot of years left. So why not why not maximise that that Brady window to to get a seventh ring? Um, you know I, know, I know it's not the really in their forte either to to pay wide receivers. So it'd be interesting to see kind of if they could even come to an agreement. Um, you know, they don't like they've they've taken Randy Moss, but they're not really accustomed to taking Diva kind of players. Um, and you've seen over the last year or so, they, they've kind of transitioned to a, to a run first team. So you have to wonder what what Antonio Brown, you know, would he, would he get what he wants out of there? You don't don't really have much capital uh, salary cap either. I think about fourteen million. Um, yeah, and again, you've obviously got Pittsburgh not not really wanting to to deal to to a rival. Um, but yeah, I say I don't think Pittsburgh are up there, so I don't think they should they should just lick their wounds and, and get on with it. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what you think, Lee, of as New England as a, as a potential spot.
2: Not for me. Not for me at all. Doesn't just doesn't compute. Um, I just don't see, like you say, there's the personality of Antonio Brown like gelling uh, up there with Belichick and how they're they're all like the about being more of a some than their parts, aren't they? Really, and I don't think Antonio, Antonio Brown's
3: uh, Mr. Big Chest ethos fits that very well.
1: No, no, that's fair. Rich, what, what about you?
3: Um, I think I've, I've read some of that's it's, it's that the Steelers won't trade Antonio Brown to anyone in their division or the Patriots. (laughs) So I, so I don't, I don't know if it will even happen, but like, I, even if they didn't come out and say that, I don't know if uh, New England would go for Antonio Brown. It's just, it's a, it's so un, unpatriot way. if, If you know what I mean? I mean, I saw a crazy stat who earns more money this season. Brandon Cook's cap number for this year or Julian Edelman's lifetime earnings?
1: See, I, I, know the, I know the answer. So, Leah, do you, do you want to answer? Yeah.
3: yeah, I've seen this before as well, yeah. yeah. And he's just like, well, you know, that to me, if I'm if I'm getting Julian Edelman on nothing, how am I then just going to turn around and pay Antonio Brown, who, let's be honest, he's questionable character at this stage. He's quite divisive. How am I going to pay him £23 million plus?
1: Okay, cool. So that being said, then um, who wants who wants to give another? Who wants to go for the obvious one in San Francisco? Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll go. For the Obvious one. I like Richie said this was a bit like boring, but I, I mean, obviously, the obvious one, like the, the smart money is seems to have the most chatter about it. But it could get really interesting. I think for San Francisco. So what what they could do, and this is a bit of a bit of a, a plan, is they could mortgage next year's first, maybe a few others' picks. Go to the number one. Uh, draft pick for Nick Bosa, which is the, the pass brush that it needs. Obviously, is isn't Antonio Brown related, but it's a kind of fits into the kind of thing that I'm trying to create. And then trade this year's second rounder, so that'll be like the 34th overall pick to the Steelers for AB. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not a first round pick, but it's pretty much a first round pick. Uh, you know, the price might come down if he's sort of being a bad sink in the locker room. So then, you know, with those two two things coming in, two players coming in, that puts the 49ers right up there. It's like what I said earlier about big big trades with known commodities. Antonio Brown is about as much of a known commodity as in terms of production as you can get. Mm. So then you've got offense with Brown, Jimmy G, Kittle, as we mentioned, Marcus Goodwin, Derek McKinnon, Pettis, in Kyle Shanahan's system. Mm. That's one of the best offenses in the league. And then you've got Nick Bosa who kind of completes the offense defense as well. 49ers would be Super Bowl contenders with Antonio Brown and Nick Bosa.
1: Yeah, no, I don't mind that. Uh, the, the thing that uh, doesn't, it's not a worry, but I just wonder what G- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Carl Shanahan are like with kind of egos of Antonio Brown. We've not really seen them in systems where yeah, they've had to deal with someone like him. So it'd be interesting to see whether, like you say, they want someone like that in that culture. Uh, Carl Shanahan doesn't seem to want to. Yeah, you know, he, he's a really good coach, but just he's never really really had any bad eggs, has he? Um, but you know, like I say, they've got enough salary cap, seventy-six million. Um, no, no wide receiver one, and they've not uh, they've not taken up Pierre Garçon's uh, option as well, so he's uh, he's out the door. So he could, you know, f- from Antonio Brown's perspective, he's walking in, he's a, he's a wide receiver one, and you know, potentially uh, are going to be contenders. I don't know how much they'd have to sell that to Antonio Brown because obviously he, he, he wants a Super Bowl and. He wants money as well, so San Francisco could could sell both of those those to him. Uh, and as I say he'd, he'd probably be going to an NFC team a bit cheaper than he would uh, the the AFC team. Rich, what, what do you think about San Francisco? San
3: Francisco is the obvious one, but that's just because I, I say it's the obvious one. It's just the one you hear linked with him more, which it makes more sense because they've got uh, a hell of a lot of cap room, and as you say, they've got no true wide receiver one at the moment. Um, I think I think I'd quite like it. I mean Jimmy it it makes sense from from the standpoint of if you think Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback that is going to win you is going to win you win you it all then you need to give him someone that can catch the ball because he can only be effective in throwing it if someone's downfield catching it and it can't just be George Kittle and Pettis yeah. you, you know you need to put other bits around him. So if you've got the cap space I don't see why you don't yeah if you if you can get him in your building, then I think it makes most sense for the 49ers.
1: Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah. So the, the other one I've got, uh, I don't know if you guys have any others as well, but Green Bay. Now, they have two first-round picks obviously from, they got the one from the Saints from la- from last year, uh, which ended up obviously being picked 30, but they've got pick 12 as well. And I don't know about you, but the thought of Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams um, is actually quite scary, isn't it? And I know they've got holes on the defence, but yeah, you know, if you you've got those three pieces on there, as long as the O line kind of turns up, it's it's just gonna be a case of we're just gonna score more than you.
3: Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm I'm actually a Packers fan, and so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you because on on the on the face of it, I'm like that would be awesome, and they'd definitely be the team that I would be a Madden like 100 percent of the time, because <laughs> um, that's one thing you haven't taken into account is the Madden implications yeah, of where yeah. he goes. Yeah, if it's not a like um, Madden, it's not true. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I just think with the way Aaron Rodgers plays, he's he's like a huge hugely into timing. Uh and that's where you see some wide receivers go there and struggle a little bit. Now I'm not saying that Antonio Brown's gonna do that because obviously he's elite. But I don't know if I d I don't know if you'd see the best of him and I think you might end up like not seeing the best of Adams either, if mm. if I'm making sense. So yeah, you, yeah. Uh yeah I don't I don't know I I, I as a Packers fan I, I think I'd much prefer we made a play for Tyron Matthew at safety. Right. Right. Personally.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean let, let's not forget as well the 2018 draft they they selected three wide receivers didn't they so uh, Jamon Moore, Economia, Saint Brown and uh, Marcus Vale scantlin so you'd expect that the Packers would give them a chance first but I, I don't know you know there's new new head coach um you know new new maybe a new way of thinking there maybe he's... they, they they go in and say, Matt LaFleur says, okay, look, this is going to put us over the top. This is going to put us in the." And let's, let's not also forget, Green Bay is going to be one of the biggest hot seats. For, you know, you have to win. You have to do some decent stuff there. Otherwise, you're, you you could be out the door. So you know, Matt Lafleur might go in and say, you know, I need this this guy, and we, we'll definitely be over the top um, in in terms of Super Bowl runs. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, they definitely have the draft capital. Uh, they have they have the cap space, 34 million, I think it is, uh, which should uh, at least sort him out for one or two years. Um, and again, NFC team, so could pay a lot less. Leave. You got anyone else? Your thoughts on the Packers? Yeah.
2: Like, just on the Green Bay thing, I think if you, you guys hit the, the nail on the head, it's like quite exactly how what I thought beforehand. It's a Madden trade. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, last one for me. Um, this is a bit of a big one as well. How about the New York Jets? Um, another team in desperate need of star power, firepower, weapons for a young QB. Just like the Colts, uh, the Jets have got masses of cap space. How about this? I've been along uh, banging for the table uh, on this one. Is uh, Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets? How about getting them both? How about getting Le'Veon Bell in free agency and then trading Antonio Brown? You know they work well together. You know they're friends. Get them under the bright lights in New York. I think things would happen.
1: You're playing Madden, aren't you, Lee?
2: No, no, no. I think this could actually happen. <laughs> I think Bell. I think Bell will go to the Jets. I've always, I've said that for quite a while. And then you know if he, if he just gets and um, gets ringing Antonio Brown,
3: uh, you know, they could do it. Mm. And they've
1: got the capital base, why not? Yeah, Rich, Rich, do you think that the uh, New York Jets are going to be hitting up uh, Antonio Brown and uh, Levion Bell?
3: I think that they might hit up on Antonio Brown. I'm not sure. I, I'm honestly not sure. On, as good as Levion Bell is, I'm really not sure on how how much how to feel if I was a Jets fan that you were going to pay him £20 million um i just think you've got you've got other areas that you need to kind of maybe think about strengthening and uh, Elijah Maguire looked decent at the end of the season so i for me it's difficult to reconcile given Le'Veon Bell 20 million and then Antonio Brown 23 million when i've got holes elsewhere mm. I, don't, I know i, I know what you're saying cuz obviously i've then just put in two elite players uh, just straight away, just in my, in my lineup. But I don't know. It, it's just, it just feels for, for me, it just feels at that point that you're, you're going all in on that season, almost, almost in the same way as the Rams did this season with like signing Sue and Talib and, uh, you know, uh, getting Fowler and stuff. You, know, you, you you're kind of put everything on this season and I don't know if the jets are quite ready no. in their like transition to no. do that.
2: No, I mean, they've been multi year deals. Brown's got three years left. Bell, you wouldn't just give a one-year deal to. They've got massive cap space.
3: If you're only on the next three years, yeah, sure. But not not just one year. Mm. No, but what I'm saying is, like, Antonio Brown is... He's going to be 31 this season, right? So, while he's not old, he's certainly starting... He'll be starting his decline, right?
2: Mm. Yeah, for sure. But he's still playing at a good level. So, I don't don't think it's like, you know, he's not at the end of his career, and you're
3: just picking up because he's a name. Yeah, my, the 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 issue that I have, I have with it, is, the 23 million this year, I think, last, I'm not sure if I checked it right, but, I think his cap number actually increases, like, each year after, as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking 23 million now, and then, I think by the end of his contract, it's like 30 million. So if you can get him to restructure it, and bring that cap number down, then yeah, like, I'm kind of okay with it, but, you know, Bell is going to want a lot of money as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think yeah. Le'Veon Bell is going to get half of what he expects. He, I can't see him getting. He. Uh, he's just shot himself in the foot. I, I. can't see him getting anything over. I don't know what the the going rate is, but he. I. I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't. Even, he doesn't even become the highest paid running back in the league. I mean, the, the thing is
2: about all this pay. Pay this person. Pay that person. Like. You're going to pay some people. You know,
3: you've got all this cap space burning a hole in your pocket. You need to pay some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you it good players? Yes. I, mean, if, if it, I mean, they can just both go to New York and it doesn't really matter overall because Adam Gates is the coach. Yeah. So, like, true. they're going to suck.
2: Very true. Yeah, very So, true.
3: you know. Yeah. I mean, he, he can't even keep his eyes on camera. So. <laughs> he's, good yeah,
1: at, no, he, he's good at keeping eyes on tacos, though. Eh?
3: Yeah, exactly. <man>.
1: Um, okay cool any any other teams anyone throws out I, I saw um I'll tell you what actually here's a little game for you all the teams that we've just mentioned I was looking today at the odds for, for Antonio Brown's next team and the favourites for Antonio Brown's signature is not one of the teams we've talked about does anyone want to have a guess at who it was Um, the Texans
3: nope uh, can, you, can you give me is it AFC or NFC
1: uh, NFC 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 and they suck <laughs>
3: and they suck uh, oh, wait wait are you going to say Detroit Lions
1: no but they do oh, suck okay. they a- um, Arizona Cardinals
3: nah, does anyone
1: anyone, anyone anyone want to divulge as to why they are the favourites because I I do not know on God's given earth why he's they're the favourites to, to sign him Just no the, the, the
2: only I had more but I'm normally like a very very outside chance kind of thing
1: yeah, no favorite. How favorites? Just uh, febbergasts me. But yeah, there we go. Um, any any other teams? Anyone want to throw out there? I saw Dal- Dallas as well being uh, being linked, but I can't see that happening.
3: I can't see that happening. They've got too much too much tied up in you. It's know, as, as much as we're not saying he's a one year one year deal. It's like you're going to have to pay Zeke soon. You're going to have to pay Dak soon. Yeah. Um, I just don't think. I don't think they'll do it no, with, no. That, with how that with how that team plays as well. I don't even know if Antonio Brown would want to do it because. He's not going to get the ball as much as he wants. No. And I don't don't
1: know. Yeah. No, I don't even know if we've stopped paying Tony Romo yet. So uh, there is that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The only only other team that I had, you know, like lightly penciled with a ring round is the Redskins.
1: Oh, no.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting one. So I I think, actually, I I said I don't want to nominate another team. So we'll talk about Redskins first. So obviously, they've got no wide receivers, really. Um, the thing that the thing that might stop them doing it is uh, who's their quarterback this season. Because if you if you think if you think Alex Smith is going to be your quarterback, well, he's not. He's got no, to play. <laughs> no, but it, what I'm saying is like long term, like where where are you going with your quarterback position. Because I think that's the answer you have to have. You, you have to have that first. I think before you add in Antonio Brown, because I not I think Antonio Brown will only move if he's got like a clear cut quarterback.
2: So what? I mean, they could move up in the draft, which I think they'll do because I think they'll need a quarterback. So I don't think Alex Smith will play for him again. You know, he's going to be he's going to be out all this year, and then he's you know almost two years older than he was when he had his leg broken, and he's not young, so he's not going to. I don't think he's going to play again. So I think they're drafting a quarterback. I think they're moving up to draft maybe Kyler Murray, and then yeah, you maybe spending spending another pick on getting Antonio Brown.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown's going to go to a place where there's a rookie quarterback or a quarterback within the first one or two years of his NFL career. I can't, can't see it.
3: There is. he no,
2: okay. was only lightly penciled for yeah, me. Yeah. It was just another because I think Dan Schneider likes to make these flashy moves. They've got the cap space, uh, you know. And we saw what a wide receiver made a difference in that division with Amara Cooper as well. And it's quite, it's there's not a lot of separate in that division. So I think in their mind, if you can get Antonio Brown. Get a rookie quarterback, you know, and then
3: you you sort of halfway there to, to win the title in that division. I so don't think there's a lot in it. Mm. Have you have you got the odds of where he's going to end up in front of you? Because yeah. I'd be interested to know. I've got one team that I, I'd like to mention.
1: Uh, yeah, I can try and try to find it. Go on.
3: Seattle Seahawks.
1: Ooh, interesting. Hang on
3: to. So, reason being, we saw Doug Baldwin stand his body starting to fail on him. Uh, they've got 50-ish million of cap space. Mm. And, you know, you, you've got Doug Baldwin, they've got uh, Tyler Lockett. But, you know, if you could add Antonio Brown into that wide receiver room, mm. and the, the Seahawks, they don't seem to mind having uh, big characters, shall we say. Uh, so, I don't mm. know. Like that, that, they're an NFC team as well, so the Steelers might not be, like, hugely objective to having him there
1: so yeah i mean according to to sportsbetting.ag they they're not even they they're a bigger shot than 25 to 1 so maybe you want to get onto your pals over the over the pond there and maybe see what you bet what you can you can get i'll go for i'll go through the, the list here so antonio antonio's team on the first game of the 2019 regular season cardinals 7 to 2 steelers 4 to 1 49ers 9 to 2 same as the dolphins dolphins no thank you um, Packers and Colts six to one. Raiders Raiders might be interesting eight to one. Uh, Jets elevens. Redskins elevens. The Browns elevens. Uh, and the Bills Ravens nineteen and the Cowboys nineteen to one. And the Patriots twenty four to one. So, can
3: you imagine him being in, in in Vegas? No. The kid the kid's gonna last about three months and then end <laughs> up like dead.
1: He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> end up in the Bellagio pool, isn't he?
3: He's gonna be like straight up just like, you know, where's Antonio Brown? We haven't seen him for three weeks. No idea.
1: He's in he's in the MGM fighting the Tigers.
3: Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That'd be
1: good he's one. on the
2: right
1: age. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'd say it's just a good conversation because it's, it's going to be a storyline that's going to going to rumble on, isn't it, for the next couple of weeks? So uh, just thought it'd be good to to circle a couple of teams there. That so the 49ers obviously the obvious destination there, but there's a, there's a few candidates there. And I'd say, Rich, if you if you like the Seahawks, maybe get on to a friend there in, in over in America and uh, get bet on for the old Seahawks.
3: I'm 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 actually thinking I might actually. Uh, there's a couple of guys on the United States, so I'm gonna say. Do you any, any of you fancy going to the casino for me?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See if you see Antonio Brown there as well. Say, yeah, say, exactly. say, yeah. say, say yeah. hi for me. But uh, yeah, okay, gents. Uh, anything else from anyone before we wrap this uh, this show up?
3: Uh, no, I'm good. Hmm.
2: No,
1: no more, no more big, Mr. Big Chess takes. Mr. Big Chess. Maybe uh, all, the, all the listeners out there, let us know where you think Antonio Brown is going to end up at full 10 yards, at Wakefield 90, and at Rich King FF. But that's going to do it for today's show. Really enjoyed that one. Um hope you enjoyed it too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and all the rest of it. And don't forget to get in, in, involved with our competition that ends on Friday. Uh, you can win a lot of the Denver Broncos stuff, a lot of Super Bowl stuff, and, of course, Peyton Manning as well. Uh, but, say, that's going to do it for us on the full 10 yards. We'll be back on Monday, will be the next podcast, and that will be the start of the D- the team reviews for each division. haven't decided what division that is yet, um, but be sure to look out on, on our social media there for the, for all those details. Richard, thank you so much for coming on, my friends, and we'll, we'll speak to you again uh, in the next couple of weeks, no doubt, for fantasy purposes. Sounds good. Nice one. Okay, uh, in the meantime, so we, we'll speak to you all on Monday, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from Lee.
2: Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, sorry, I just uh, missed out saying the goodbye to you there. Thanks again. Uh, but yeah, goodbye, everyone. We'll see you on the other side.
1: And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy the rest of your week, chaps. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's Baba for now. Baba.